Welcome to the Wheel of Sport, brought to you by the Turnstile Network. My name's Ian McNally. And I'm Justin Price. And this is the Wheel of Sport. Let's spin the wheel. Let's see what topic we get in this episode. Non-starter. Non-starter. We haven't had this one before. No. I'm going to take this one. Uh, I'm going to take us all the way back to uh, April the 3rd. 1993. 93. 93, a, a bitterly, bitterly cold April day in my hometown, Liverpool, England. And the sporting event has been going since something like 1839. That's quite an old event, isn't it? Yeah, it's a long event. Does someone have to think about stopping it? <laughs> it's it, yeah. Oh, is that ongoing? Continuous? Uh, no, no, it's uh, annual. Oh, it's annual. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. All right. Let's <laughs> well, get a bit. I was thinking, whoever's taking part in that's fitters. No, it's it's definitely annual, and it's uh, it's the Grand National, the horse race. Oh, the horse race. Yeah. Now, if you're not uh, familiar with the Grand National, it is billed as the greatest steeplechase in the world it attracts more money gambled on the grand national than any other race in the world it's watched in over 170 countries by about you know six seven hundred million people every year and it is a remarkable spectacle they race it over something like four miles it's over four miles long which is over six kilometers put that in perspective the Melbourne Cup is about two miles. Wow. Yeah. And it's the Melbourne Cup is flat and it's over in a heartbeat. The Grand National is most definitely not over in a heartbeat. It takes about 15 minutes wow, for, yeah. the, for the riders to get around and the horses. And they have to complete 30 jumps. And sometimes probably the riders don't get around, and but the horses do. That happens very frequently. <laughs> it's one of those races that almost... At every jump, you lose a horse and a jockey. Sometimes you do actually lose, sadly, the horse. Oh, you mean to like the big stable in the sky? To to the glue factory. They basically oh. they come around and they they're very uh, well equipped now to uh, bring a little marquee on. They put a little marquee around the horse, put a bolt through its head, and the the glue factory van is backing up. Dee, 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 while the race is still going on. Aww. It's very sad. It's the marquee for a bit of a wake just before. Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. It, well, it, you know, it's not things that happen in that marquee stay in the marquee. They don't. They never want to kind of release what. It's not pretty what happens. Yeah, there's a lot of people who protest. So I will get into this because this is critical in 1993. Oh. Um, so to also give a bit of scale on this race, the, the magnitude of it, is that these fences are not small. For example, the fam- one of the famous ones is called the chair. Now the chair is uh, five foot two inches high. It's a big chair, that. It is a big fence to get over. Add into the fact that it's preceded by a six-foot ditch. Well, before it, before, <laughs> before, you <jump laughs> before you jump it, it's five foot two inches, but you've got to make your jump before the ditch, which is six feet in front of the in front of the fence. Oh wow! So it's an extraordinary feat to get over these fences at all. Never mind to do it twice. <laughs> you've got to do two laps of the course. Oh wow! They go round twice. I did a bit of research and I found 
one of the things that stuck out to me was as it said on fence 30 and fence 30 is also fence 14 because you do it twice but fence 30 it said no horses have ever died on this one <laughs> and I just thought that's telling when you have to say no deaths on this on this on fence this <laughs> but you can assume that all the other all the, all the other fences there's been deaths there's been deaths yeah so it does attract animal rights protesters yeah i can imagine yeah which i can understand because it 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 is a brutal brutal race when you have to set up a marquee <laughs> you know there's a problem with your race. but it's 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 obviously um obviously they get how many um riders and horses are there in that in that race so ordinarily there's about 40 in 1993, right. there was 39 lining up. One didn't even make the start. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it's actually not uncommon for them not to make the start as well because they get these horses in from all over the world. So they actually um, ship the horses in so that you can race the Grand National. It's such a big deal. So 39 horses line up. 1993, it's bitterly cold. It's You can see a fog and it's just a grim day. Now, ordinarily, you'd have to start a race. You'd have them in the traps, into in the in the little gates. So each horse is in an individual gate. But there's thirty nine horses. It's it's impossible to put them all into the gates. So they they have a rope, which goes across the start line. Now the idea is that the starter gives the signal, and the rope will jump up, and all the horses can run through. Okay. Now, the rope looks a bit like kind of uh, an errant dental floss. It's, it's, it's not a substantial thing. And they're starting to have real difficulty just lining the horses up for this for the start of the race. Now, the start Probably is... Probably because the horse is thinking, I don't want to do it. I don't fancy it, yeah. <laughs> like if it's cold, it's wet, you know, it's foggy. 30 fences over four yeah. miles. Yeah, one of them's eight foot high. <laughs> yeah. I don't fancy it. No. I, I'm not blaming them, to be honest. So how do they sort of line up? Do they sort of just do like a bit of a loop? Do they sort of like walk away and then walk towards the line and then they go? Essentially, yeah. So they're kind of lining up, but some horses are facing the wrong way. Some horses are sort of trotting in the wrong direction. Jockeying for position. <laughs> exactly that. So... The the guy who's starting the race, he has to his responsibility is to get it all organized and then give a very clear signal for the rope then to come up. Now this is a bloke called uh Keith Brown. I've seen the start. Is he the guy who wears the hat? Yeah, occasionally there were the the thing is about rate the horse racing thing, the people who gamble on it generally tend to be very working class. And the people who actually run the sport are right up the other end of society in the highest aristocratic positions. So it's a real clash of cultures. Well, they'll be expensive horses, won't they? These They won't be just like, you know, the average stable horse. Oh, no, these are utter beasts, these horses. And that's probably why they need the marquee. Because actually physically moving a dead horse... You need a forklift truck. It's, it's It would be awful. So Keith Brown, he's trying to start this race. This is the biggest race in the world. All these people watching and gives the signal. The rope goes up. Keith Brown is pretty well ready to dispatch him now. 
Raw Speed Man, that's it, that away, and Riverside Boy is slowly away, and Chatham has refused to start at all, and Romany King... But it catches some of the horses. Oh. And some of the jockeys. Oh. And a red flag is being raised, and it is, in fact, a false start. Didn't decapitate anyone, did it? Not quite. <laughs> Thank God for that. Richard Dunwoody actually did catch catch it on his neck. He is uh his actually protective clothing was ripped. But they run through and some of the horses get through, some of them don't. Some of those horses are still standing still. Disaster. Absolute disaster. This is the greatest race in the world and it's a shambles. An absolute shambles. Some of the horses have already gone and jumped the two fences. Horses bolted. <laughs> Should have <laughs> closed the rope. So this is a nightmare. They've they've got the um officials on the course. Keith Brown, who started he's waving his red flag, which is hardly visible. And the horses understand the flag. Yeah, well the red flag is kind of wrapped around itself as well, so it's just like a red s- stick. Oh, <laughs> like Plain lands around. behind him. Yeah, exactly. It's the most pointless thing. So they manage to get control after, you know, about 10 minutes. They get the horses that have ran off back. Everyone comes back. It's like, this is... And there must be some exhaustion in that because they've all they run away, haven't they? Well, so, you've like, got the adrenaline. The yeah. yeah. And the jockeys themselves. I mean, this is the hardest test for a jockey in the world to keep on your horse. Ordinarily, in the Grand National, less than half of the people or half of the horses and jockeys who start finish. Like, the attrition rate is extraordinary. It's like the Hunger Games for horses. <laughs> it absolutely is. Over kind of 15 minutes, it's it's brutal. So, they get all the horses back. The National, for the first time ever, was going to start again. It took some time to get things organised. Then, the 39 runners were ready once more. But it's still chaos because some of the horses now, their they're hearts pumping. Same with the jockeys as well. And they're ready to go for this next, you know, they've had one false start, which is unprecedented. So they're trying to get it organised all over again. Keith Brown gets all the horses ready to go, gives the signal again. And this noise from the crowd, really getting getting one or two of them right on their toes. And for a moment it looked as though Keith Brown had them. Some of the horses have got the rope wrapped around them. It's an utter, utter shambles. Again. It's going to be a dental floss. It's not breaking, is it? No, it's it's kind of wrapping itself around, and there's just chaos because he's put the red flag up again, Keith Brown. But at this point, it's far too late. The horses have gone. And uh, this is the most amazing scene here with the crowd booing as they realise that several horses have had, nine horses have had no chance at all. 30 of the horses and jockeys. 30? Don't realise that it's a false start. So they carry on the race. Nine of them don't run at all. So you should have someone about 50 metres down the track. Who also has got a red flag, shouldn't they? So, Telling them. here's the thing. They have the race officials, the course stewards. Yeah. The course stewards mobilise. They're out on the course, actually on the course, waving and 
trying to slow everything down and stop and say it's a you know, false it's start. start yeah. You can carry on, but it's not going to count. There's 30 horses out, 30 jockeys. It, the course officials are waving and we're trying to get them to stop. But because the animal rights protesters, 15 of them before the Grand National, have already been out on the course, the jockeys just think it's more protesters. Oh, no. So they carry on. Just trample them. <laughs> they just carry on. So these so-called course stewards <laughs> were waving to no avail. 30 horses and jockeys, they carry on. They jump every fence, get around to the chair, which is the brutal yeah. um, one, the most brutal one. And the course officials are saying, don't jump the chair because that's where horses die. So they're trying to shepherd the horses around the chair. The animal protesters have got a point here. <laughs> if they're actually going, don't jump this one, this is where many die. And it's not even worth it because you're not even racing. Well, they're trying to shepherd them around. Yeah. The chair. They're not going to jump it. It doesn't. Well, they are going to jump it. They can't believe it. Hard Street lands in the lead. Shaw Metal nearly went. They're going to have to pull up when they get here. Surely, Hard Street from interim live on his inside and give us a buck. Then Carvilla How and booze from the crowd as they jump the water. Do the yeah. horses listen? No, they go straight for the chair, bang straight over it. They're trained. Yeah, absolutely. So they just plough on they go through and 30 of the horses it, it's just staggering so they don't, the, they don't the, have uh, the course now they're they're going to complete the course the crowd are booing there's people at the side waving saying this is an on race it's one of the sad things about it apart from all the horses that die um it's a good thing for glue but sad for horses one of the sad things about it is that the winning horse the winning horse in inverted commas. In, in inverted commas. Escheness, who was a 50 to 1 outsider. Oh, imagine if you bet on that. Set the second highest time for completing the Grand National in history. Oh, wow. As they race up to the line in the National that surely isn't, Escheness is the winner. Second is Carvilla Howe. Third is Romany King for the committee. And five is Give Us a Buck. <laughs> Did they do two laps of it then? They, they, two, did the they did two, two laps. laps. And they didn't stop with all and those stewards stop. running around. No. And it was a non-race. So, yeah, the, course, so it yeah. was abandoned. The horses completed anyway. Escheness running the quick, second quickest time in history. Even with the stewards on the, on the field? Walks away with nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Now, obviously, there was a bit of an inquiry after it there was a, a like a, this is the funny thing about um about the, this class of the sport is that all of them are so exceptionally posh one of them is called uh i think he's called david pipe which is a great name because I, I hope one of his kids is called Dwayne. <laughs> but he's so posh i think it's a great tragedy that the grand national which i suppose is the foremost sporting spectacle in the world has not been able to be run today it has not been seen around the world which we hoped it would be and then one of the guys actually chairing the the working group to create the recommendations in this inquiry because it was called like the most disastrous day and you know in the sport and i was gonna say in the sport <laughs> <laughs> i can imagine some of that going it's the most disastrous day 
in in life, to be honest. <laughs> I think it was taken really sick because the the bookmakers lost so much money. Well, they had to pay back something like seventy five million pounds in bets. To be there, to be honest, for them, it is the most disastrous day. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. So one of the guys though who headed up the committee to um, the investigation. Andrew Parker Bowles. Nice. Camilla Parker Bowles. C- Camilla Parker Bowles as ex-husband. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah so that's quite posh, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's quite posh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so him and David Pipe. But, uh, and then there's a bloke who is like the representative from the bookmakers who has a, a still quite well-spoken, but he's got a bit of working class in there as well. But he's like, don't, don't, uh, don't all come to the bookmakers on Monday because it'll be chaos. <laughs> he said, if you can come on Tuesday or Wednesday... <laughs> Just, yeah. just space it out for your £3 bet. There are about 10 million betting slips to have to be processed. We're expecting on Monday mass floods of people knocking the doors down saying, I want my money back. And if we can ask, that doesn't happen. Everybody will receive their money back. But if we can have a little bit of common sense, they can collect on Tuesday or Wednesday. We're not going to have any high street chaos then. Just an incredible shambles. So did you the... look at the string? Was it the string's fault? What, what, it was, was it? it was a bit of a the actual physical um problem with the rope going across because it just didn't get out the way there was too much slack in the rope so it wasn't taut and it was um it hadn't been taught anything but it just didn't come up quickly enough also the the horses were just a bit too unruly as well uh, a couple of the horses who went a That's bit, it. A bit Blame early. the horses <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Don't blame anybody else. Just blame horses. They were a bit unruly, so they had to be put down at the end. <laughs> it's, yeah, amazing, amazing non-race. But the fact that s set that record time and walked away with nothing or trotted away with nothing <laughs> was, was awful. I and reckon he's down the pub now, that horse, just saying that all the time. You know, set a record, second second fastest, you know. No, you won't see it in the history books. It was a long race, apparently. But, you know, I, I'm the still there. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, you know those horses on pictures that you see playing pool and all that? <laughs> it's, uh, it's that he's part of that club. Well, I... The, I, men, the members. See, there's, well, there's still calls for the, the Grand National to be stopped and... You know, or the fences tame. They've tamed the fences a little bit because when you watch it now, uh, when the horses hit the fences, they kind of crumble away. They build them so they kind of fall away. The horses, so they don't not the horses don't crumble away, but the fences crumble away. And as opposed to concrete, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, it used to be that they'd stack them up almost like hedgerows, and there'd be very little give in the fences themselves. Uh, so they really punish the horse if it didn't get over the over the top and and the jockey because if you think about it you're jumping over the chair you're ten feet high aren't you what well, do you think the horse is is big and then you're the little jockey on top and it's leaping over an object which is you know over five foot that's quite high up a quite a high thing to fall from so just a great race I was actually born on Grand National Day in the hospital overlooking. Aintree Racecourse. Oh, did you put a bet on? I didn't. I, you know, I've never betted on the Grand National in my life. Wow. That's it's incredible. Isn't that strange? Yeah. Not working class enough. Oh, <laughs> I know. I should have had bets on her. Uh, if, if David Pipe would have got hold of me. But the Queen is a big fan, isn't she, of the, of the Grand National? I never met her. 
<laughs> I imagine the queen, you know. She, she likes the horses, doesn't she? So Yeah. She I'm sure it's a ro- it's quite a royal thing to have horses, isn't it? So Yeah. Well Probably. they look like horses, don't they, in the royal family, so controversial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if it is. It's just observational. <laughs> One of the interesting. I hope they things. show the whole race though, because it sounds like it's interesting, doesn't it? The, well, race, the non-race, but it's still interesting. They have to dodge stewards as well. It's quite incredible. The interesting thing is, even though the flag was was waved and the race was called off, the horses carry on going. The commentators they just click into their ordinary mode oh, and wow. start commentating on the race as if it's happening. And it counts. And the other thing, we're being paid for this. We might as well go ahead and do it. Yeah. Well, the beauty about the uh, the commentators is the way that they sound. They sound like uh, a dot matrix printer. Do you remember? I made that reference in uh, the in the office the other day. No one could remember what a dot, dot matrix printer. It made me feel very very old. Where it said that, and that is what the commentators sound exactly like. That. So. so I think that um, one of the most um, funny things for me in the aftermath was like all these posh people being very kind of distraught about this. Uh, but one of the interesting things that they were particularly distraught about was the fact that this was being watched around the world and that the embarrassment factor was international. Yeah. yeah. That the British racing was now seen as a basket case. It was that thing like... Marjorie, I I don't mind you having three brandies and taking off your clothes in the in our living room, but please don't do it at a church fate again. You know, so it's just the embarrassment that it had happened in the other public eye. You don't have to be posh to be embarrassed by that sort of stuff. Uh, <laughs> I quite like the sound of Marjorie, to be honest. <laughs> well, we'll leave it on that. The race that never was, 1993, April the third. Look it up. It's a a, a fantastic shambles. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Justin. I don't think it's any exaggeration to say it's probably the worst day in British racing. The failure of the race is one thing, the the loss of the Grand National is something, but we look fools in front of the world. Everybody's seen this race, worldwide audience, and it's a very, very sad day for British racing.